Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Today on the Ether, Project X Project, hosted by DocuShield with Tech Fleet. Let's take a listen. All right. And while we wait for our co hosts, I uh, just want to go ahead and once again thank everybody for coming uh, by and chatting with us, um, you know, listening in. Tomorrow, we actually, DocuShield, we start our IDO the whitelist round. So we are very excited and want to just thank everybody who has signed up and, uh, you know, been a part of it, who has followed us, joined our spaces. Uh, It's been quite the ride so far and we are excited as hell for tomorrow. So if you haven't registered yet, KD launch is the place. Go ahead and get registered um, and participate in the IDO. I mean, we are definitely going to try to move some mountains around here. So I was just speaking with uh, Tech Fleet too, so I know they'll be joining us here in a minute. Ah, there we go. Let me uh, send an invite to co-host. There we go. Hello? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hey, yeah, man, I got you. I got you. All right. How's it going? It's going. How are you? Oh, man, good, good. I have nothing to complain about, man. I was just telling uh, everybody in the space that we are closing in on that IDO tomorrow. So, I mean, I'm just pumped about it and just super motivated to, uh, you know, get things cracking. Yeah, congratulations. That's going to be a huge, huge 20, huge year for you guys, for for everybody. Uh, Yeah, Absolutely, man. And there's so much. And I'm, I'm really glad that, that, you know, you were able to put some time out here to talk to us because it is going to be a huge year for Kadena. And, you know, I can just see, you know, scrolling through your page and, you know, looking at all the different stuff that, you know, you throw out there. I mean, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built. And yep. I mean, you know, having somebody like yourself recognize that and kind of uh, raise awareness is is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think we're at the very early stages of the Kadena blockchain and like we've only just mm-hmm. begun. And like yeah. we're looking to contribute to anything that we can in terms of value to add to the Kadena blockchain. So any dApps that we can build with others or for others and, you know, before other people can get to it, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it matters that the mm-hmm. community has it available. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's something we're looking forward to as well. Just being able to, you know, fill those voids. Um, you know, we've been uh, talking to a lot of people you know, bringing them on board as far as developers um, who are, you know, Haskell developers uh, that we're trying to get over. I mean, after talking with Steven from Kadena Bet, you know, and just the the wealth of knowledge that he has being a, uh, you know, a native Haskell developer has been like, wow, like, okay, all right, cool. We need somebody with that extra layer of of knowledge on our team. And, um, you know, because Pact is it's it's its own little thing in itself. But, you know, if you know the underlying technology and language behind Pact, then that's even you know, I mean, <laughs> that's even more of a of a one up, you know, not not on anybody, but just for for all of us, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So uh, you want to 
really quick, just give everybody a quick introduction on yourself and um, TechFlee and, you know, your uh, experience in crypto and uh, what you plan on doing. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Morgan. I live in Portland, Oregon in the U.S. And I came from pretty varied background in tech overall. I uh, came from mm-hmm. sales for a little bit and I was in IT and I went to school for IT and UX and then got into like product ownership. I was a product owner running basically product life cycles mm-hmm. uh, for about five years before getting into like UX roles. Uh, mm-hmm. And so everything that I kind of started in my career, I take into TechFleet uh, in the form of these apprenticeships that we're doing with each of these different roles cross-functionally on a team that builds software. Uh, it needs mm-hmm. to learn how to work with each other. So we like everything I kind of, learned to do outside of school reverse engineered in terms of the design process the development process i brought into the real world way that we do projects in tech fleet uh, and to this day we're trying to like really pioneer what schools don't really teach in tech mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's something you really got to go out there and you know kind of take it upon yourself to learn you know like you're saying the product life cycle where it's the right way to start um so you don't move backwards in the future when you're developing uh and so sometimes oh you know, this, <laughs> yeah you gotta learn the hard way sometimes unfortunately yeah. you know absolutely it is one giant jigsaw puzzle making yeah a product yeah yeah it takes for a sure whole village uh-huh and now um so the first thing i seen um i went on your guys's page um you know and i i kind of every time i go on there i find something new so i did see the ui uh mock-up in figma and that was pretty cool i mean the the wallet uh being able to be cross-chain and all that stuff you know we um our infrastructure is kind of trying to approach the same thing um you know having a wallet to wallet type type connection but anyway um don't want to get too far into that. I did see that you put out an APK though. Um, so that's, uh, I was really surprised. And then um, I didn't have a chance to load it to my phone yet. So I was going to see, do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? So when people go to your page, they kind of know what exactly they're in for. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we are going to have this thing be a web extension, probably a progressive web app. It's not going to be like an APK for native. We are mm-hmm. going to build one that's like a, a, a true native mobile uh, wallet. That being said, this thing is going to have a, a browser and a, you know, a way to like easily connect a browser when you're using your phone. We got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the main sets of features that we've focused on in kind of this vision that we're heading toward in terms of the, what we're building is all around really my experience of the discrepancies and struggles that I've faced over the past two years sending Kadena across mm-hmm. chain and like the, the learning curve that I had to go through and I know everybody else has to go through to yeah. understand the technology itself and then the consequences if you do the wrong thing mm-hmm. on the blockchain. Like if you uh, send an NFT to a, a wallet on a chain that doesn't exist, yeah. <laughs> what happens? On Kadena, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing happens when you do that. Mm-hmm. So we're we're trying to introduce features to for the layman, for the person that the layperson that is coming into Web3 for the first time innately mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily understand how the technology works and the implications of actually using it. And that that's to me, is our design challenge. Our design right. challenge is to make the user not think at all. There's a book called Don't Make Me Think. It's one of my favorite books in UX. 
and mm -hmm. it literally says the user's going to need to understand what they're looking at and what they need to do in five seconds. So you need to design things like a billboard as if they need mm -hmm. to scan quickly and take all the thinking away for them. Any, any level of thinking is going to be adding to their frustration. It's going to be adding to their like necessarily negative, not necessarily a negative experience, but they could leave. Yeah. They could become really frustrated yeah. or confused. So Absolutely. there's a couple of things in that wallet that, that we're focusing on in particular, what we call on UX visual feedback, just representation of what's happening in the system. So mm -hmm. the, the one part before you send it, we're, we have to bet, we have to figure out if this is how we would do this on a technical standpoint, but checking mm -hmm. if the wallet exists on a certain chain before mm -hmm. you send it. Finding out like uh, in Chainweaver, the preview, before you send the transaction, it'll tell you if it's right succeed. Mm -hmm. And it could have you avoid spending a lot of gas if it fails. We're going to take measures to like prevent lay people from making those mistakes uh, as much as we can. And it's always got to be validated by talking to people. So everybody mm -hmm. who's listening on this and anybody in the community, we're going to be going out and doing user research on this stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, understanding how to operate on one chain, you know, for a new user is complicated enough when you don't know much about crypto at all. So, I mean, when you when you add 19 other chains into the mix, uh, you know, things could definitely, definitely get a little hairy. And I know that was like, uh, that was a little confusing, you know, for myself in the beginning when first getting into Kadena as well is like, okay um what 20 like 19 chains like i understood it when reading the white paper but then um you know the way it interacted my first wallet experience was zelcor um for cadena and um yeah man it was um a little bit confusing um not only because cadena was confusing at first but because zelcor was also confusing at first so it's like yeah. two learning curves at once yeah absolutely i'm a huge zelcor user and i believe in flux so much Technically, yeah. it's going to be operating on Flux nodes, and we're going to be using uh, mm -hmm. Zellcore as much as we can for everything that they're going to offer. That being said, I agree with you. For the person that's new, it is mm -hmm. quite the feat to try to learn Zellcore, all, all of Zellcore. And not even talking about the, the bugs or you know, mm -hmm. the way it works in terms of you updating it or the, the ways that you kind of operate as a user in Zellcore. Yeah. I think just the... Yeah, I think there are certain technical barriers that you as a user have to get around to understand how to use this stuff. Like sending across the Binance bridge to BSC to ETH for Flux. Mm -hmm. You have to have the certain, the, the right BSC token or the right BNB token on the right blockchain mm -hmm. in order to actually use it for the gas. But if a layperson doesn't understand how BSC works, they mm -hmm. can't even use it at all. And that's our overall design challenge in the web three world, if we, if we are going to be able to reach mass adoption, there's a huge technology learning curve barrier to exactly. just how the way this stuff works mm -hmm. and the way we have to build the experiences around it. Absolutely. Now there are some things though, not to, not to just only bash on Zelcor on Zelcor. Oh, no, I love it. It's a great, yeah. Yeah. Not to bash yeah. on it at all. I love Zelcor. Yeah. I, I use it all the time, every single day. It's and, yeah. very, very confusing for a lot of new people. <laughs> I help a lot of people a lot with Zellcor. Exactly. Yeah. And there's things on there that you can't do anywhere. 
like else, you know, yep. any other wallet, you know, there are things like, um, if I want to turn my, you know, turn my KDA into stellar, which I do quite often just because stellar sends so fast. If I'm going to pay somebody immediately, um, I'll just, you know, um, turn it into <laughs> like, they'll, you'll, you'll, you'll turn it into a native stellar token or native XLM. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, no, I, you know, I can't see anywhere else that does that. And, um, yeah, it works fine. I've sent it to, uh, you know, after doing that, changing KDA to Stellar, I've sent it to exchanges. I've sent it to other people, uh, to Stellar wallets. I mean, it's just like, it amazes me, man. Um, so yeah, no, um, that's one of our challenges though, too, building our, our app and stuff. It is why we're getting a lot, trying to get a lot of user feedback is just, you know, bringing people on with something that they that they it has to feel like something they've done before you know it can't yeah. feel like it's a brand new experience um they just want a solution and they don't want to have to learn anything uh is kind of the reality of it absolutely and you think about like your competitors are google drive one of the most seamless mm-hmm. experiences out there on the web right now is like yeah. all of the google apps they mm-hmm. they definitely go far above and beyond in the way that they like do their user-centered design process and uh, like it I think your your baseline is Google Drive in terms of like people's expectations of right. the user experience and yeah. how easy it is, how easy it could be. But within yeah. your context of blockchain, right? Like you're doing so much more than Google Drive in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but definitely, I mean, when putting together the UI initially too and and everything, like I obviously, yeah, I downloaded all the apps uh, from all the big boys and and looked at them and, you know, mimicked aspects from different ones that I liked trying to, you know, get it in there um, and just make it easy. So we want to make it feel familiar, you know, um, yeah. to everybody. So everybody's familiar with Google Drive and yeah, they're uh, we definitely took some notes from that and um, from Dropbox and um, you know, you have to, I mean, to be able to, to really compete, they have already done the testing to find out what works, what doesn't work. So why not piggyback on that and then expand? Exactly. Yep. And the way they test is so, so often too, they do little mm-hmm. tiny experiments every day. It's like really, it's a really modern approach to design that I love. Definitely. Definitely. So what's the, um, in your history, you know, of working with all these different projects and stuff, what would you say has been one of the, the most exciting ones to work on? Um, uh, as far as, you know, something new and innovative that they're bringing in and, uh, I got to come in here here. and I've been waiting for a while and I got to come in here. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Who's speaking? Is Is that that what he's speaking? Oh, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, I think it was yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah. Hi. I got to come in here because, okay, yes, hello, yes, yes, hi, hi. Hi, hi. Um, Welcome. Really, how much longer of these introductions? Anyway, so, you know, in terms of this project, you know, a DAO partnership for, for, for basically project management pipelines, to the extent that we need it, the issue is, it, crypto is kind of a weird thing. The people who need the help the most have the least amount of funding, right? Mm-hmm. The people who mm. need the most work done towards getting them to where they need to be so that they can properly um, uh, move from conception to MVP, to, from MVP to testnet, from testnet to mainnet, mm-hmm. you know, they need disproportionately more hours devoted to them 
and yes, yet these people and yes but the problem of course is is that the hours come from somewhere and they don't have the money the people mm. who need less hours the people who are in the mvp stage is a very weird thing in, in traditional like web 2 people who have ideas they just kind of either get funding or they don't mm-hmm. they don't continue building forever and then once they're at the uh there's no test net stage once they're at the product testing stage the product testing stage they already have a product. I mean, it's usually the same product as when they go to market. Mm-hmm. But at that point, they need a lot of help because at the scale, Web3, the yep. scaling is not really the issue, right? So what yep. I dislike about this is that, you know, we're devoting a lot of resources if you're creating a, a project pipeline management DAO, where first off, contracts are really hard to enforce, if, if not impossible. KYC doesn't really seem to work. and the people who are coming to you, it's internet, right? There's no real filter, mm-hmm. right? So you don't know, not only can you not trust them per se, but we don't even know if they say who they are pretty much when yep. it comes to their experience and skills. You'd be helping them for a year when you get to testnet. Turns out they actually don't know anything about what they're, the product they're really trying to build um, because you don't really meet these people. I mean, if you're going to go into a business where you're devoting hours, which is an investment, and you never actually meet the person, right? Yeah. The, the unique 2022 phenomenon that's just started recently. That time yeah. would be wasted. And if there are problems, if people feel like they got time wasted, it will lead to a massive negative PR scale for the DAO itself. Meaning that for every additional failure, which took a year or two to figure out, will lead to uh, exponential loss of confidence in the DAO, right? And yet it was yeah. not the DAO's fault, correct? It was not the DAO's kinda, fault. It's just kinda, so structural l- issues regarding Web3. So that's not, my problem with this project. Not really, man. And so the thing is, really, and I've been working with people overseas for years now, man. I mean, uh, you know, contract workers, formed relationships, and a lot of these people I've never met before. But um, initially... You know what you got to do and what I do when I meet with somebody who knew, who's new, who we're going to bring onto the team. I give them a set of little micro tasks to just know that they're going to be up to par and up to speed with what we're doing. And if they can't complete this stuff like this homework that we're giving them, then that's really part of the interview process. So that we're not wasting all this time and in, in development and stuff. No, it's like, OK, I need to know that this person has this skill set and if not, move on, because that has to, it has happened to me before, too, where I have, you know, put a lot of faith in somebody and then it didn't deliver so that all that you know in years of experience of just working with developers and and working over with people overseas you got to really vet them first before putting all this trust and time and you can't just give them a, a, a set of things and say okay cool now um contact me when it's done now nah, you have to have them you know have a shared github or you know have them update on the github every every week or every so often so you can go in and audit what they're doing and get on the second set of eyes to do that so it's really depends i think on who's leading the project whether or not this is going to happen or if they're going to let it kind of get that far where you're you're working on something for two years and you don't have anything really to show for it i don't know what you've been doing man i mean i've worked at software companies <laughs> I, could, I could chime in here for a second uh, this is kind of one of the things i've been focusing on sure. for the last uh you know year or so is how to actually like, build trust within a DAO. Um, because of course, like you are going to be working with anonymous people, 
but there's no incentive for someone to actually not perform work or to not deliver. Like anyone who's requesting funding, like they're just, the Can I come in here? I, I really have been in this uh, industry for a long time look through when it comes to grants. I worked in both Cardano and I worked in other chains where I was a community reviewer. I went through grants. I also followed up. I also consulted too. Um, so with both volunteer and paid work with contracts and stuff like that, and I've seen thousands of grants, and the vast majority, in compared to Web two and Web three, did not follow through. And the reason why there's an incentive is because the the barrier to entry, the cost of reputational loss in Web three mm -hmm. is so much lower than Web two, right? Does that make sense? Like if someone sure. doesn't perform the work, they just change their username, right? And in in if you're going to Silicon Valley, it's a relatively small industry in Silicon Valley in terms of like who everyone kind of knows each other. Yeah, sure, there's a thousand VCs, but the thousand VCs, people move between VCs all the time, and they kind of if they hear if they drop a name of someone who's untrustworthy, you just lose access to you know this important mass amount of funding. But in it, uh, yeah, if hello? you go to Cardano to another system, then it's very sad. You know, it's it's very sad because you can just pre uh, present yourself yeah. in a new way. You'll get funding again. I can tell you right yep. now, for one trend to work for, of maybe three hundred grants that were given in the last six months. Again, some of those grants started in the before the market completely tanked. I would say 550 have led to nowhere, meaning that they never even got anything, either an MVP that they said they would get or go to mainnet mm -hmm. from testing. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, it's really yeah. bad. I think you guys underestimate how bad it is. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a great point, then, Jimmy. I, I have a couple working. of things that differentiate us completely from talent DAOs and from everything you're saying. I'd like to go over that stuff. The, the DAO yeah. itself, we've been operating for the past two years in Slack. Our team members work every single day on video in teams. It is not anonymous work. This is not an anonymous mm -hmm. talent DAO that you never see the person that you're working with or you do the work and then pass it over. That I've never like kind of gone very far in a project in a talent DAO before. And one of the things that I learned in product management is that you have to have an agile method structure around all of it. So we have product managers, project managers, project leads that mm -hmm. are literally putting this communal village together for the team working in one week sprints. Everybody has a client demo on Friday. Every week the client sees the work. Uh, when we go to the blockchain, we're going to need to have that progress update be verified on the blockchain, like, you know, transparent and on record on the blockchain. But we do our work in eight week chunks. So if we're doing a two year contract, mm -hmm. we're going to be delivering shit after eight weeks, after six weeks, after four weeks, after one week, because we're agile. And we're mm -hmm. not we're not from the Web3 world. We're from the Web2 world. We're kind of introducing Web4 culture. It's not Web3. What's Web4? It's closer to Web2. One of one of the biggest problems I see in like how grants and, and systems are managed now is that like they're just handed out like massive chunks to people. Like, well, there are milestone grants. I mean, like we're not a grant DAO either, Jimmy. We're a, we're a, I, I know I know you're not. Yeah, yeah. Our treasury is like used to fund projects for paying people, and I guess in that way it's a grant, but it's not it's a more grant. Like a going bounty for system. Team. I would say it's more of a bounty DAO, if you want to call it like that. It's more really yeah, okay. But um, well, and and yeah, honestly, so, man, but, I, like I'll just say for the record, Jimmy, I I want you on the team because you're the you're the one of the persons that I've met that have 
expertise in, in this type of stuff and grants. We're going to need to figure this out as a team. But I can say is that from an operational standpoint, the, the building the trust and, you know, the collaboration and like cheating the system type of risk with anonymous DAOs, that's not a thing. We're not an anonymous DAO. And to kind of just wrangle some structure here to everything, I mean, we went from wallets to DAOs like really quick. So for our listeners who aren't, uh, yeah, who aren't really too up to speed with why, um, do you kind of want to let them know a little more about TechFleet and why, like we were just talking about a wallet and now it's a DAO? I mean, I understand you guys are working on a few different yeah. things, but let's explain the underlying concept to people who may not know as much about, you know, your, uh, your project. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and Jimmy, again, thanks for pitching in and, and like chiming in on this. This is like a really important topic. And it's one that's relevant to our DAO in particular, because we're not like those other DAOs. TechLead in and of itself is an agency. We take paid client work on Web2 clients, on Web3 clients when they come. And we're also a product and startup accelerator. Uh, we work with entrepreneurs and build, help them build their products over the years through those agile methods that I talked about before. One week sprints, mm -hmm. eight week projects, you deliver something usable at the end. Mm -hmm. We're following the full MVP and MMP structure of product management, but bringing everything that we know from, that I know I learned in, in product management in the industry with mm -hmm. enterprise software as a service apps. The other um, aspect of this is that we are an apprenticeship program. We give people experience building opportunities who don't have experience at all in tech, in UX research, in UX design, in mm -hmm. marketing, in product strategy, and in front end and back end and web three development. Uh, and so every single role on those projects, when they're in school, they learn how the other side kind of works in theory. They mm -hmm. never really get the practice until they have to be on a job. And what's happening in the world in America, at least today in tech, is that an entry level worker is required to have on paper three years of experience or even mm -hmm. one year of experience. It's not an entry level right. job in tech. It's especially the case in the field that I'm in UX. Mm -hmm. It's horrible out there. And so the, the only thing that people can do is work for free, work for talent DAOs, work for, buddy, for a buddy's website, do a volunteer project with a nonprofit we're bringing that not only on the job experience, teaching them the ropes of agile, teaching them the ropes of the industry. We're gonna pay them for the first time ever. Uh, in addition to that, the boot camps and schools in the world are gonna pay TechFleet to run apprenticeships for them because our hiring rate for the past two years is at an 80%. We've got 60 people hired in full-time jobs in tech in two years from 11 projects. And we have about another 40 pending in these projects that are upcoming. We have another awesome. four, four apprenticeships starting in June. Uh, they're eight-week apprenticeships. Most of them are repeat clients. We just finished a phase three with a client. Uh, we're going to be on to a phase four with them soon. And most of our clients are just on retainer. Uh, they mm. continue working with us. We pick up the work after the eight weeks. We do, mm. you know, your general, like, work agreement and... We have to keep it agile so that if something changes in the middle of the projects, again, the importance is deliver, 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 deliver early and often into the hands of users. Uh, Jimmy, what you described before is waterfall. We don't, uh, we'll never, ever, ever 
view waterfall process. That's kind of what UX and developers are kind of taught in school. I respect that. I mean, Agile is very hard to implement, but I, I understand. It is. Yep. And you can go into TechFleet Slack at any point and watch the Agile work happen. Like our web calendar is open for anybody to see. Uh, well, I want to join TechFleet. I want to be a light like, leader in TechFleet. I want to be the next tech fleet fleet tech. <laughs> Join us, man. There we go. Get the passion. That's that's for and sure. So the other the other aspect, the other uh, I guess in the future, we're gonna be a venture capital firm fund that's crowdfunding, but we're not just gonna be the finance. Uh, you know, if the Dow Treasury is if the Dow is voting to like build new ideas and build new products. This is going to be a platform where anybody with any idea can vet it in the community. And mm -hmm. it, we have a sliding scale in terms of budget. Um, our our full-time rates are not nearly half what agencies are uh, in America. So like a, we have a sliding scale for like the small, the small person, the entrepreneur who has an idea, who wants to test it. I want to build a, a hypothesis platform. Anybody can just post something, Ryan Matt, I'm making a crazy post on Twitter. What if Kadena made a rewards program for ecom? You know, mm -hmm. he could post that on the platform. We could vet it as a community. And mm -hmm. then the DAO could, if it's true and verified enough of an idea, TechFleet right. builds it. And if TechFleet builds it, maybe it generates revenue and it goes back to the DAO. Mm -hmm. And then that gets split among the holders of Fleet, in theory, mm -hmm. the DAO members. Mm -hmm. So we're, so, we're kind of encompassing, I don't know, I always say like, we're encompassing a whole lot. We're not only an yeah. agency. We're not only a startup incubator. We we do a lot of pro bono work with nonprofits too. One of the most exciting clients that we have is a social media app for teens that we're we're building. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in the phase two right now, so we do like a lot of web two work right now. Um, we're going to do a mix of web three when it, uh, when we can, and right. we're, we're going to build open source projects open source products immediately. So that's what the wallet was. The wallet in the beginning was our next apprenticeship is coming up next week. Okay. Okay, I see. So so if somebody has no experience, right, um, in the industry but wants to get started, um, you would they would pretty much contact you and then you would align them with like a senior developer to help kind of uh, assist them and and learn at the same time? Is that kind of how, how things would work? Yeah, they uh, they would apply to an open apprenticeship if it's open and then go through just like a job. We try to treat it like a job simulator. Go through sure. a, just one half hour interview. Um, and the leads, there's a buddy system. So every role, the UX designer, the UX researcher, the product manager, they all have lead roles. So one lead and then multiple apprentices. And so the leads are also potentially in it for the first time ever. They have done the work, but they maybe have never led before. And they're first right. time leaders, they're building experience in leading. They, they interview the apprentices. So they get to know them in the hiring process, so to speak, before mm -hmm. the apprenticeship begins. And that's kind of part of the like relationship building that we do with every project. It's like a, it's called self-organization in the industry. You get a bunch of people together, you empower them to come together and structure mm -hmm. their organization to do whatever tasks they need to do themselves, not have to rely on me or another person to do so. So today mm -hmm. I'm the product, but I want the platform, some platform to exist in the future to kind of like automate this stuff as much as we can. Mm -hmm.
there's always going to be a human component to what we do. Uh, we're going to have governors at the top, you yeah. know, in the DAO. And, and Grant, I think like your your model for the DAO is something that is extremely valuable in, in the way that it's set up to kind of like thwart some of the things that Jimmy is talking about. Um, yeah, especially with the governance attacks and everything. Uh, yeah, and we're you know we're going to be like iterating a lot on it as so like when Cadex launches because we have this three month voting multiplier curve like we're going to use that entire time for like testing of all of the various mechanisms associated with the DAO. Um, nice. So it'll I, I mean because like we're taking a very kind of like new approach like we don't want it to be just like a free for all but we don't want it to be overly structured. So we're really trying to make it be like this hybrid where it's like still a free flowing organization where people can come in without like revealing who they are, still as anonymous people and like still create a sense of trust. And then people, it's like, you know, that's, I, I think Jimmy, that's one of the things you were getting at is like, there's this issue in DAOs where like, people can come in and they're just like anonymous people. And there's no way of identifying like, if that person had like applied for a grant and like gotten money and is now just like applying with some bullshit, asking for money, then dipping, like there's no way to verify that. Yep. So one of one of our long term goals is to actually like build trust these systems that we can use. Also, I'm really sorry, I meant my Muay Thai gym right now, and it's a lot. <laughs> of noise. Um, I love Muay Thai. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so we want to really build these like trusty systems where it doesn't matter if you're like anonymous or not anonymous, there's still like a sense of trust that everyone has for everyone else. And that's kind of where like Fibros comes in. Uh, yeah. One of the tricks is like tracking that across accounts. And like if a person makes a new account, is there a way that we can reference like, wallets to identify contributors? There's all kinds of uh, problems we need to solve with it. But I think in the long term, it'll, it'll build something that actually you know, does really well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, on top of that concept, I think the the voting by contribution is a is an important aspect of what we want to do in the DAO too. Uh, you know, every project increases your completion of a project completes increases your uh, you know voting weight, and any way that you would contribute to the DAO, I think in theory would up your voting weight in TechFleet. I've been I've been reading. We need a lot to up we need like up our voting weight in tech. This is extremely important. I'm yeah. tired and I'm sick of quadratic voting pushing an undemocratic process whereby if you have more coins, you get more say. I hate wrong. That. I don't like that at all. I agree with you, Jimmy. I, I actually, yeah, I'm I'm not yeah. a fan of like whales running everything. I think that actually no. is detrimental to to like what projects what web is about which is empowering smaller people yeah it's like the idea of like self like the self-sovereign identity is like completely derailed by some billionaire coming in buying the majority of the token supply and then saying like well i'm going to do this extrinsic action that only does what i want to do um also i'm really sorry my class is starting so i'm gonna have to go uh it's been lovely talking to you all uh cheers <laughs> Thanks Grant, for joining. Thanks for, like, you need to join Tech Fleet. Yeah, I love you guys. All right, farewell. Oh. Thank you. Have a good one, Greg. Um, so that that, that kind of like leads to a question that you know I have, and and 
uh, about DAOs is like, at what point, especially, you know, with what you're doing, at what point does governance get in the way of progress of a project? Yeah. You know, and when I've is it too much? And, oh, yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. I think what I want to do in TechFleet is have the governors come up with proposals that are fleshed out by the community. I think KittyCAD project and there's a couple other projects that are doing really great processes for vetting things before they get into a proposal. Uh, they have a place in Discord where they can basically loosely brainstorm things before decisions are made. And I think they don't necessarily have a formalized DAO on chain, but the concept mm -hmm. of that, of providing input from the community when they have something to say about it, I think is always something that we should do. Uh, and the platform, I think, should have components of uh, forums or something that not only can you bring ideas to the table for us to build and for a tech fleet community to build, but also proposals for the DAO, like having forum discussions around what we could be doing in the future as a DAO. Right. I think like right. Grant, there probably be, need to be someone kind of, uh, you know, accountable for that at the, at the DAO mm -hmm. level. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, I mean, it, it also becomes like, all right, so what is going to be voted upon every decision or is right. it going to be these major decisions that, you know, do so, you know, when, when implementing a DAO for us, let's just say DocuShield, um, mm -hmm. what our DAO is mainly going to be doing and mainly going to be using, and we're not even a hundred percent sure where exactly it's going to be hosted. There's a, a few DAO solutions that are already out there and pre-made, but mm -hmm. really it's going to be for every year when we release the 50 million tokens that are going to be released that year, our DAO is just going to, it's going to be users who are deciding what happens to those tokens. Are we going to burn them all? Are we going to distribute them to uh, to people who are node operators or how right. percentage is going to happen? And the idea to kind of not get bottlenecked anywhere is present, you know, 10 different models and then have them pick of these 10. And if there's better ideas, maybe they can express that. But, you know, we're allowing some say. And is I don't know, is that too centralized still in your guys' opinion uh, of a DAO to have somebody who is in charge of presenting them with 10 different, you know, items? And then again, when does it become just a roadblock for progression? Yeah, I wonder that too. I wonder that too in the beginning. And, and I had a conversation with um, Daniela from... Uh, Cadex, Mandrake, uh -huh. early days. And the way he was describing it to, to me from a Web 2 to Web 3 perspective is like you, as a, us, technically, mm -hmm. we're doing peer-to-peer -peer validation just like a consensus mechanism on the blockchain. But we're doing it through people. So it's like a multi-signature model. If you, uh, you know, how much is too much, I think not, that's not centralized if it's peer-to-peer. If it's peer reviewed, mm -hmm. it's decentralized in the world gotcha. of off chain, right? Gotcha. Yeah. And we're uh -huh. gonna have a mix of on chain and off chain decentralization. We're gonna have a lottery for apprenticeships on chain. We're gonna have uh, approval for like the weeks of work off chain, but it will be recorded on chain so that people get paid. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for like DAO voting, I think how much is too much? How much is like gonna hinder the progress? I think. For big decisions, big decisions exactly. that might affect the DAO is going to vote for tech plate on project funding, um, the the governors, the the way we kind of distribute our supply and the treasury as a whole. Uh -huh. So the, kind of the similar things that you're going to be voting on. I think it's also mm -hmm. important to stay iterative, to stay like yeah. flexible. If yeah, we don't want to set up a DAO that is always going to be the same. Pact is 
upgradable. So we can upgrade mm-hmm. contacts with ease and like unlike on Solidity. Yeah. It's a goddamn nightmare on mm-hmm. non-upgradable contracts. But we can kind of take it chunk by chunk, which is exactly what TechLate has been doing in it, like mm-hmm. in, in our org for years. Yeah. Like iteratively yeah. growing. My view of this is that DAO governance is almost entirely chaotic right now. It is mm-hmm. chaotic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's <laughs> always based it's- on the token weight, you know? Uh, well, it's based on, they, they say it's decentralization. In, in truth, it's just a lack of leadership, you know, and um, yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, it, I. Yeah, go ahead. Jimmy. Sorry, go ahead, Jimmy. No, I'm going to cut you off. I believe that there hasn't really been enough thought in how DAOs mm-hmm. really should operate in a way in which people don't leave because they're angry at how long it takes to make decisions. Yep. Um, Agreed. And yeah, for example, uh, there's a lot of people who've been trying to theorize DAOs for a long time before they're called DAOs. Mm-hmm. And now some of them are involved in Web3 and they're really bad managers. I've seen them in hired by blockchains. Most of these blockchains are run by or created by, founded by people who have no idea about business, to be honest. They were mm-hmm. lucky, they're good developers. They got into blockchain business and people believed in them. And then they start hiring. And they mm-hmm. start hiring really the worst of the worst when it comes to people writing buzzword books. And for example, I know this one guy who wrote a book called, um, I don't want to you know, say his name, but it was about decentralized organizations, right? And mm-hmm. how they could affect business in the 21st century. That It's around there for the title. And when you mm-hmm. actually meet this guy, he's running spe- uh, meetings every week for this blockchain to run their DAO program. This guy has really no idea how products are actually made. He mm-hmm. is a bureaucrat. And what has happened is they have replaced peak bureaucrats. Anyone who was trying to run a DAO, try to come from this clouds, bring their ideas down to us plebs, the plebs. We are merely <laughs> for them, the cockroach investors, right? Because a lot of us didn't sell, we're loyal, but we need our money back. We want our bags back. We got to grow mm-hmm. them. So we're forced yeah. into a position where we basically cannot leave because we've lost right. so much money. And that's a form of, of basically, um, it's a power relation that shouldn't really happen. That yeah. these people who believe in you um, have, have actually lost money working for you, to be honest. And yet yeah. you're still there working for someone. And you're claiming that you're one of the leaders of a DAO could be, for example, right? And basically what happens, you throw everyone a bone and everyone runs for the bone. You give them a project. They, they, they basically run. And um, the amount of, of, of elitism, snobbery and bullshit that comes out of these people, usually from California, is pretty amazing. And that is why I would never, ever work with a, a, a California person, you know? Oh, thanks, um, dude. <laughs> yeah, California people are so detached from reality. The vast majority of the projects being built right now are not in the U.S., they're That's in, like, you know, geolog- geologically <laughs> racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so <laughs> well, there's a reason to- why everyone's moving to Austin. I think that there's a real reason. There's a real valid reason, right? Um, and I also think that um, these projects don't appreciate when they are from India, where they're from Ukraine, where they're from um, the Philippines. When they go to these meetings and they hear buzzwords, there's a no bullshit stance from a lot of these people. 
And uh, they don't want to hear a politician pretending to be a, a Taoist or Web3 leader. Um, mm-hmm. And so they just take their money and their time elsewhere. And that's what they're doing now because they see through these people. The emperor has no clothes. Most of these people have not created enough value to justify them talking so much. They are auction yep. fees. So I think that feeds back to what Morgan had initially said. I think the one uh, one of the key things and the most important things when voting on anything and probably the first thing that should be voted on and agreed upon is the timeline. Right. And, and these yep. milestones. Wow. And if if we don't hit those, then this project's dead. Like, you know, yep. we're going to stop funding it no longer um, is going to be a part because they failed to meet the requirements. Right. I yeah. mean, it sounds like something that could easily be squashed with the first vote in, in a DAO, you know, or in my opinion. And, and correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm, if I'm missing something. Well, let's take an example. Right. Voting to elect freelancers. I've seen this in one DAO. Right. This DAO got five million dollars from blockchain to run their domains, their dot whatever's. Right. And so what they started to do was they were electing candidates for UI UX. And basically what happened was the most vocal. And you know what happened? Not the sure. most talented, the most vocal, because the most talented are busy. They're not here to fight an election. They're here to work. Right. And rather than electing the committee to organize things. And the reason why I think they did it is because they cannot be blamed if something doesn't work out. And what happens is every single year I see this happening. The responsibility is shifting whereby the Dow governors are becoming bureaucrats and then they're using their they're leveraging the the decentralization buzzword so that they are never responsible for bad decisions. And the democracy or whatever, the voting that happens means that if anything bad happens, it's the community themselves who voted on something. They're to blame. Right. They're the, the buck stops there. And um, what uh, what's happening in these DAOs is nothing really is getting done. Everyone's blaming each other. Drama. People leave. Yeah. And it, it's pretty worthless at the end of the day, right? There's not a single DAO that I can think of that has really created much value in Web3, to my knowledge. Mm. So, I, I mean, you talk about user experience. User experience design is the study of how people interact with things in the world. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about, like, a pretty horrible user experience of DAOs right now. Right. I would love to bring that attention to Kadena and, and try to do something about that in our DAO structure. Yeah. I think Kadex has pioneered that with their beginning and their, their we're, I think it's a journey. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, here's the thing too, like again, it goes back to progress, it goes back to a timeline. Say we are building a DEX, right? And we have a DAO for this. Now, is, you know, what tokens get listed on there? Is that going to be voted on? You know, is even having an interview with somebody who we want to release their token for, is that going to also be voted upon? People who right. didn't make it, is that going to be, you know, are we going to vote on the timeline for voting? Like, there's just <laughs> too much, there's there's too many things in the way of a final decision in a lot yeah. of these structures, right? And we, I mean, uh, uh, you face yeah. it on product teams. If you have too many cooks in the kitchen, you have too many mm-hmm. people having a say and stuff. You need some type of decider to say, who's the final say? You know, it could be yeah. peer reviewed. And I again, I think that's what makes the, the process of these things before it goes to the vote on chain decentralized in a, in a way. It's as decentralized as it can be off chain if it's peer reviewed. If you bring the proposal to the table, say, this is how I want it to work as a governor, People give you input as if they were giving you feedback on a document and then sure. you can take it and run with that or make your own decision. And, you know, that that will lead to the, the thing that you post 
in the vote. Now, if that thing fails, then it vote, it fails, and then you resubmit. But I think it it's still in my mind, it's still like helping the cause, so to speak, sure. uh, if we manually peer review things. But I don't think you should present everything like in terms of a vote. I would, you know, try to get like an outcome to the vote. Sure. Put together a bunch of thoughts and then that would be the complete proposal. That's the way I think we'll do it in TechFleet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, and, um, you know, I, I kind of like the way that Cardano runs it. I mean, you have the Daedalus wallet, right? And then you're notified a week before there's going to be a vote. And then the, I think there's like what, a three-day like limit to how you know when you can participate or when you can go in and vote and then if you didn't you know if you didn't meet that that time frame then then you know I sorry for the record though that vc decentralized vc the vast majority of the money has been wasted mm -hmm. uh, most of the money has been wasted and i can give you many 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 examples and so, um it's not only waste, right? i'm sorry it's, it comes down to bad management then by whoever is in charge of people would say yeah. bad management. Yeah. But you know what? No one loses their jobs. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm very tired of hearing the whole, he didn't work out. We just have to create a new one and improve things. Why? Because the last one was so badly managed. The truth is, guys, if you vote on who gets money and there's no one actually in charge of following up and no one can risk their job, Exactly. When things mm -hmm. don't don't pair out, then well, I can tell you right now. That I agree, example, but that's the that's the management. I think to me, yeah. that's what what you're talking about is what I think we're talking about. Like and, following and, up and on that, Cardano the, the put a lot of resources there. into managing it, and actually, a lot uh -huh. of managers are pretty good. Management of like the thing, management of the task, management mm -hmm. not in terms of like leadership, but management in terms of the process. Like, what are the what are the ways that we actually get that thing done that we need to exactly. do? Exactly. You know what I mean? That that, well, that, I that think that is only the logic behind saying that is that you can do it better. And that may not we be can, true. They have a lot of resources. They would probably have done it better than you, considering the amount of resources they can deploy. They had consultants, very good consultants. They had some of the best what uh, project managers out there who were running the the VC program, the Catalyst yeah. program. Um, I mean, yeah. the, they were really strong uh, people, uh, like Gil, for example. You know worked at Google, you know, this is a guy who I'm sure was very expensive and he did a pretty good job. It's just that it's the internet people. It's like Tinder. Right. People come in, you date them for a little while. They take something from you. They run off, find a new person yep. to fuck. Yeah. The, the lifespan of a tech leader is probably eight weeks. They, they do their apprenticeship and they're off. Goodbye. Off to the real world. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly how it's going to be when we're a DAO too. It, and then, you know, people are going to be so transient. It's that's the, we're the stepping stone into the career. Now or I can kind of see why that why that causes so many problems. I mean, when I find a good person, I form I form a long term relationship with them. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, so when you're constantly out here and like to go on to piggyback on Jimmy's example, when you're constantly dating, you're going to come across a lot of trash that's not going to work out for you. Then yep. there's going to be the one that got away that you wish that you held on to. You yeah. know, so well, I mean, I think the way that TechFleet handles that is TechFleet. As the DAO, we build the relationship with the client. We are the ones that are going back to the client and saying, hey, let's do another phase. And you're held responsible for the progress of the project, essentially, we, which is what's important. Well, we are. We are definitely responsible for it. We're we're responsible mm -hmm. for the client building relationship. And, and it's not necessarily uh, like 
at a typical agency, it's like, you know, the really good person that you had for 10 weeks has gone to another project. In TechFleet, it's more like no matter who's on the project, you get the same quality deliverable, but we mix the people up each time. And there may be some repeats, but there's like different people. We still, from the client standpoint, they see the same result. We've always delivered. Mm-hmm. But we've always like been able to kind of adjust the scope if we need to. But yeah, that's kind of how it's like the client is coming back to TechFleet DAO itself. Uh, and in that way, we're able to maintain the relationship, even though people may be working with them for four weeks. It's been really successful so far with nonprofits and for profits in the Web2 mm-hmm. world. Yeah, I hope it continues in Web three. You know all the no, no, that all model the totally. Yeah, I think it works, and you yeah. know I think anonymity being available is one of the things that that may get in the way of of that working the same way it does in Web two. Um, just for allowing somebody to remain anonymous um, totally it totally depletes the accountability behind it. But we yep. um, we we are approaching uh, ten minutes till an hour. Um, I don't want to go too long and lose people's interest or you know anything like that. So if there's any questions. Right now, I definitely want to open it up to uh, to any of the people listening. Uh, if you got questions uh, for Morgan, for Jimmy, for myself, um, anything, go ahead and just like raise your hand or request to speak. And um, and in the meantime, I'll let you guys just go ahead and keep uh, keep explaining the uh, the underlying concept behind it. And then also like how we can, you know, as a community, go and participate. What your timeline looks like to be able to actually put something like this together, and yeah, what the next steps are, what we can expect from you guys. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anybody here can just come into our Slack and Shadow uh, project work. Um, and if you want to be a, a part of like user testing, we have that wallet app coming up. Uh, and I'll probably have testing pretty soon. Uh, we're in Slack mostly. We have a huge community in Slack. So if you go to our website, techplate.org, and you go to the Slack link, you can get there. Cool. No, I mean, we I have have and this is strong. Everyone, TechFleet is strong. It's, if you want to be strong, different, it's, well, different. Okay, it's different. It's in a good way. It's. I, I think we're. I, I would. I. We definitely need to hit decentralization on chain. Uh, I think we need to create equal access to tech. And in order to do that, we need to be completely visible on chain and we need to be completely decentralized. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know about that, but all I know is there should be more accountability to incubators because the vast majority of incubators um, suck ass. You know, they and either own we, by banks or VC firms and they don't do very much. Yeah. They, you look if you at, look like, at the internet computer, look at internet computer protocol venture capital dumpster fire that like everybody made off with that project. Well, I'm not referring to them. I'm referring to that. Let's take a question. We we have Steven Steven up um, who's been waiting from Kadena Bay. Always a wealth of knowledge. Um, So uh, Steven did, um, I gave him ability to speak. What's up, Steven? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guy? I like Tech Fleet, uh, as as you might know from my tweets. Yeah, thanks for the support, dude. Yeah, I think you might know my question. Uh, can you speak to Soulbound Tokens and its application to your business and perhaps uh, having DocuShield help you with that? I think yes. that's one of the most interesting things in Web3 and sure. uh, maybe speak to that and I'll go Yeah, off. absolutely. So it's kind of worth noting, we have a DAO chatter channel in Slack and uh, the opinions of the people that are in that channel from the article that was shared about Soulbound NFTs as they word described by Vitalik is like a little Black Mirror cringy. Like, you know that show Black Mirror? 
uh, so, like the the peer concept itself, I think is uh, like it's it is absolutely a super innovative way forward for being able to like solve some of the problems in anonymity and uh, like the statelessness of blockchain identity. I think the way that TechFleet's going to use stuff is more around. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think like your contribution it will be summed up in a collateralized NFT. It'll give you access to other parts of the platform. Uh, in that way, it's like your identity for TechFleet uh, will be a, like comprised, I guess, of the total NFTs that you hold. Every time you finish a project, every time you write an article or do videos, whatever the DAO votes to like incentivize, we would give an NFT that would up the contribution weight, up the voting weight. Yeah. yeah maybe and I, I think this is... Oh, go ahead. Is that the same concept? It, I guess it's the same concept, but like uh, less, less in scope, maybe, from Vitalik's. It, you know, yeah, because Vitalik's yeah. was a 32-page document. I mean, that was well thought out. Um, what, what really, I think, and I think me and Morgan was, I was, I know I was chatting with somebody on the TechFleet um, page, but I mean, we initially started talking about the SBTs and stuff and just a proof of, you know, like you were there or like that something happened yeah. or that you have these specific rights and you can't transfer that to anybody else is, is, you know, clutch. So we're, we're personally looking into using that with our solution. That's um, awesome. By, generating a wallet that doesn't have a um a send feature um to 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 it's specifically for these sbts and before we figure out the logic it's just um you know not having that feature available to send that out and then the contract having a guard up possibly i mean steven correct me if my thinking's wrong in front of a module that allows anybody to send so that they wouldn't be able to access that even if they tried to directly go and interact with the contract That's um super interesting i did not know that it was non-transferable i think in the yes. way there will be yeah. anything that we want to be transferable like tradable but yeah yeah the, the main concept super interesting concept is though not to have it so like if i want to hire somebody that i know went to this convention right yeah um, because they have a specific skill set i can look for somebody who who has that soulbound token and i know that they didn't just have a buddy send it to them you know because it's non-transferable so that's really what piqued my initial interest in this in this whole thing with the sbt is that the way forward is that the way forward for trust building with jimmy what you're talking about and like the how do i know you're qualified I will say TechFleet doesn't require experience, but when we get to that level of taking some experienced ninja to go into do two, two usability tests for two weeks, we're yeah. going to need to bet them. And if we and, do it in, yeah. in a certain, like that, that concept is a great way to do it on chain. I so love that concept. Somebody completes a project with TechFleet, you know, then they're yeah. awarded this SBT. Then anybody they work with in the future knows that, okay, this guy got what it takes because he has this token that you can't get any other way besides completing a project with TechFleet, right? That's an you incredible, know, guys, like, I, I am on the Slack right now and I am impressed. And well, if good. you, you people in the audience refuse, <laughs> refuse to go on the Slack, God will send you to eternal damnation. In California, he'll send you. In California, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, know what California hell hell is anymore. But I'm, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's trying to get jobs in this uh, welcome page. <laughs> I, but, I, I, don't, I will say California is objectively 80% on fire most of the time. It, yeah. Right? No, 
It is, yeah, a lot yeah. of it. Yeah. A lot of it. We've seen a pretty uh, a pretty good year this year, though. But Stephen, yeah. I mean, with your with your knowledge of how Pact operates, probably a little deeper than anybody else in the call or in the space, uh, can you elaborate on how you see possibly um, the concept of an SPT working inside of Cadena? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I I have to think about that. I'm going to say I don't know, but I can maybe speak a little bit about kind of my struggles. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty old guy and I worked in some of the fan companies. So at Amazon, you know, it's a, a pretty, pretty large company. And I worked on the machine learning team. And, you know, about 60% of applicants busted when they came in there. Hmm. Uh, so you you come in and and basically people lie on their resume about where they went to school or their experiences, and so I, I can imagine almost like you on on Marmalade you mint an MFT and you get a to- an NFT and you get a token right, and then that that token is just you know um, a, bi- a representation representation of the binary of a document. That's all it is. Right. Mm-hmm. You, can change, you can change that token, and with Stuart Haver's um, Content Integrity Service. Uh, kind of how this marmalade system works is you can um, you can constantly sign these certificates. Sorry, that was my wife there. Uh, you can <laughs> sign such certificates, and then you can kind of build this chain of of linked NFTs, um, and then you can verify all the way back through time. So that's kind of how I was thinking about it. And kind Perfect. of the the neat thing is that you could for tech fleet, I, in my mind, why, why I'm excited to I, invest in your IDO if you did something like this is. Um, you could basically get the experiences in writing from the people who your clients work for, like the the jobs that they get, and then the the people write down their experiences with this person and their and more so the things that they did that they accomplished and created high value product um, mm. for these jobs, and then you can attach it to the document. That's what the whole Marmalade thing is about. You can attach this new experience to the document, rehash the code. And it just becomes a new token, and then you can decrypt it in a timestamp method. So there's timestamps on Marmalade, so mm-hmm. you can like rebuild a resume. You could rebuild LinkedIn from the ground up on Pact, and that's what I think is so cool about you guys is you can wow. just destroy their Web two model in like <laughs> two seconds. So that's my thought. And that's incredible. Oh. I think that's exactly where we're we're trying to get to in terms of being able to take over the market, like uh, with who we compete with brain trust and top town and like mm-hmm. other VC, uh, uh, other people that try to like fund the build. I Definitely. actually really love the, I think there are two components The soul bond NFT, I think should be given out in terms of, in perpetuity to everybody who completes projects for like the actual absolute proof. And then I think there are, uses with the soul bond beyond that too and then on top of that the tradable nft of like here's your reward your recognition for the project that has your collateralized tokens in it uh that's like tradable and you can keep it you can trade it you can use it for benefits in the platform uh maybe there's both maybe there's two kinds yeah, possibly, possibly. I, I, I did. Uh, I got through the TDLR. Honestly, I didn't read the the, the full thirty two pages. Yeah. Um, 
started discussing it i think the next like maybe 20 minutes after just so happens we had a conversation about like right after i, I read it and we, i was like pumped about it you know so, hey dude uh check this out uh, <laughs> hey man uh you know i i never cut these things short but my sister is visiting in from new york where she lives now and uh she's having dinner here tonight and she's leaving tomorrow so i have to go um i really don't want to you know i hate leaving things on like a cliffhanger things are getting really <laughs> good. could probably go for another freaking hour but i can't <laughs> this was very fun thank you so yeah. much for hosting this was so fun jimmy steven Jim let's definitely have a let's do this again steven if you want to do an ama let's let's yeah. do like a communal ama let's do a part two to this too i mean there's yeah. still so much that we can dig into um oh, so yeah. definitely jimmy, yeah jimmy and steven come back for part two absolutely absolutely yeah, anytime. anytime even uh and i think we're going to be uh going in with alfonso this week uh maybe on friday nice. uh, in this act right so um some live uh packed dev stuff um so i mean that's something else to look forward to yeah we're going to dive into marmalade particularly so uh, that's super cool yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's figure out how this stuff works and and start building way faster than everyone else that's awesome yeah, yeah i man. need to get on the i need to get on that technical level with the the paper i definitely need to read that yeah um, he right. does, even does a great breakdown of um of the white paper of the packed white paper for anybody who um is having trouble understanding pact um specifically um we'll We'll reshare it and put a link out there on the DocuShield page. But yeah, I mean, thank everybody who came and um, listened and uh, participated. Uh, Jimmy, thank you for your you know valuable content as well, uh, interaction. And um, yeah, um, DocuShield ID. <laughs> Tomorrow uh, we open. So guys, um, definitely come through. We are not anonymous and we have a timeline that we are sticking to. So <laughs> to yes. Enjoy kind of everything we got um our apk is also going to be our mvp we're going to make it public uh tomorrow latest the day after so you guys can go down and um put it on your phone and play around with it and let us know where it touched and let us know where it's awesome and we'll improve upon those for our beta and then be ready for mainnet by the end of the year i mean so that's our timeline but uh yeah uh <laughs> anything you want to say um morgan before we uh, end this yeah. No, Doctor Shield, you rock. I good luck with the with the idea. I know you all will sell out, hard cap it up. Thank you, and man. I can't wait. Oh yeah, yeah, we're excited too. We're ready to keep building, man. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you. Um, appreciate everybody's time, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Project X Project, hosted by DocuShield with TechFleet on the Cadena blockchain. Recorded on Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Laying there at night while I'm counting sheep Brain on repeat, no amount of please Would you shut the fuck up? Yo, I'm trying to sleep Not till you write it down to remind your genius ass in the morning When you wake up to realize it was nothing more than a weird dream And you feel like everybody's on the tape But things aren't always what they seem What's real to me isn't real to you Living this reality is barely new And if you've seen this little feud You'd be filling up your gas tanks too 
We're living in a fucking simulation of a simulation Don't look back or you'll get sucked into the miscommunication All this dumb fucking ruckus, drink bleach here Keep a tight demeanor and swing for the bleachers This ball is crushed I feel like I wanna kick the bucket over, spill the fun, release some other means of hunting. All these silly motherfuckers coming at us like we don't got a bunch of guns or something. These are fucked up times we're living in, and I don't need the judgment. Free the stuff, but no need to subvert the leaders. Busted freedom, hunter disagreements, wander cold streets filled with screaming bottom feeders. Take me to your leaders, blasting propaganda through the speakers. So if you wanna build, let's build. But if you wanna steal, get buried in the field. Double duty at the rocket, Rudy, coppin' foodie, not a newbie. Got the Rudy's hostile, looking like Chewbacca threw me through the window. Fucking sue me, now I'm looking all hypnotic, bougie, with a bunch of suckers I went to school with who barely knew me. Students sitting here, fucking clueless, looking at the next duck, trying to see who the goose is. Should have paid more attention to the hole in the boat. Now tell me why y'all still vote. Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa, can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the Safe Moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can easily like. 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before Terra Spaces existed when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. Time. That's the best bet. Uh-uh. Why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys. Though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018, and I can give you a full breakdown. Um, Just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of Your Exit Liquidity, in association with We All Love to Hear Ourselves Talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate. Terraspaces. Spaces.